0: Welcome to the Derm Podcast. I'm Dr. Rajani Kata, and I'm here with my dear friend and colleague, Dr. Tommy Lee-Wall. We're both board-certified dermatologists, and in this podcast, we bring you the expert scoop on glowing skin with food, skincare, lifestyle, and non-invasive procedures. Before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to go over a short disclaimer, as well as something that I've been excited about. So I love the flavor of ginger, but it's also been shown to be a fantastic skin-saving food. When your skin is exposed to UV radiation, one of the things that happens is that it triggers the production of what I call scissor enzymes. So these are enzymes in the skin, such as collagenase and elastase, that start snipping away at the fibers that hold up your skin. In studies, ginger has been shown to block the action of elastase, so it actually helps protect your elastic fibers, which gives me just one more reason to cook with ginger as often as I can. Now, a short disclaimer. This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. The information presented does not serve as medical or professional advice, and in no way substitutes for professional care by a physician or other healthcare provider. For any medical concerns, please contact your physician.
1: So, Reginy, you know what I want to talk about today? Oh, tell me, tell me. <laughs> okay. I want to really talk about hair and nails and spas massages. And uh. The reason why is because I love going to the spa, love getting my hair done, my nails done. But, you know, a friend of mine just recently came to me crying because she had a horrible reaction with getting her hair colored. And I thought you
0: would be the perfect person to talk about this. Is that something you want to discuss today? Oh, I love it, Tommy. You know, I have seen so many people over the course of my career who become allergic to hair dye. And, um, and I'm glad you mentioned like, you know, hair salon, nail salon, spa, because, you know, we love beauty treatments and things like that, but I definitely have seen a number of allergic reactions or other problems that arise from, you know, these kind of treatments. So it really is important to be careful and to take the right precautions before you go into the salon. Yeah, I think that's so true. You know, and in the case of my friend, it
1: was so interesting because um, it wasn't A typical reaction, like she didn't have a reaction on her hair like I thought, but she came to me actually with a terrible, terrible rash in a different place. It was just along her hairline and she wanted to know what was wrong with her and why it was itching and burning and stinging. And and when we discussed a little bit, it sounded like she had just gotten her hair colored. And she said to me, oh, no, it couldn't be that, because, first of all, I would die if I had to go to my natural grit. Oh. Hey? And number two, <laughs> it's not in my scalp. So, you know, I, I would love for you to tell and explain to everybody, you know, what exactly is allergy to hair dye or hair care products or things that you would get done in a spa
0: and what it, how it looks and how to treat it. Oh, I'm glad you said that because I hear that from my patients all the time. Like, please tell me I'm not allergic to my hair color. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, but I see a lot of reactions. And you just mentioned several things that are really important. So one of the first is that um, it actually doesn't matter how long you've been coloring your hair. You can develop an allergy at any time. So I've had people who are in their 80s and they've been coloring in the their hair since you know they were in their 40s so 40 years and all of a sudden they become allergic so it can happen at any point in time so one of the things i tell people is really really important is that um you know it's it's a potent chemical these hair dye chemicals and Mm -hmm. so you really need to approach it right you need to be careful and so If you're going to um, a salon, a lot of times um, they will put a thick layer of like Vaseline petroleum jelly on your hairline and they are super careful to not get any of that hair dye solution on your skin. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason that's so important is because if you get that hair dye solution on your skin and it sits there, that's one of the ways that your immune system can start to recognize it and then you can become allergic to it. And um, and nowadays I even see if you go to salons, a lot of times they'll actually have little notices about if you're allergic to hair dye, you need to tell us because some of those reactions can be really severe. Mm -hmm. And why would you not get it in your scalp and just along the hairline? That's so weird, right? Yes, and you mentioned that about your friend. That's actually really typical. So there's something about the skin of the scalp that's more sturdy. So Mm. most of the time when people become allergic to hair dye, um, and actually sometimes people become allergic to it and they don't even know that that's what's causing their rash. So number one, the scalp is more sturdy. So you don't usually see the rash on the scalp. You usually see the rash on the hairline, like maybe on the forehead or the eyelids because the skin of your eyelids is so sensitive or yeah. I had one friend and I didn't even recognize what it was until later. She had dropped some of that hair dye on her forearm. And then she later developed this blister on her forearm and we couldn't quite figure it out, but it was that hair dye solution. So, wow. Yeah. That's right? really interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know what I think about Yeah. Yeah, And I've also seen it on people's like upper back because their hair just falls on their upper back right after it's been colored and it sits there. And um, and I do want to emphasize that once your hair has been colored, um, it takes a number of hours for that solution to completely oxidize. Uh, So during that process, you can become exposed to that chemical. But a day later, that chemical is, you know, it's really no longer going to be much of an issue. But here's the kicker, Tomi, and this is what makes it really hard, is that this is the kind of allergy where it doesn't, it's not like you put the hair dye on and it burns right away. What Mm. happens, yeah, what happens is you put the hair dye on, and then about two or three days later is when the rash shows up. It's, um, It's called a delayed allergy, and it can take as long as a week before it shows up.
1: Wow. So that's exactly why we couldn't figure it out in my friend
0: for a while. And once we did find this
1: out um, and Gray is not an option, what can we do for
0: her if she is allergic? Yeah, that's tricky. So I actually have a handout on my website and I'll, uh, I'll put it on the show notes for today's episode but we do have other chemicals that you can use. And the main chemical that triggers allergic reactions to hair dye, it's a chemical called diamine. And if you're picking up a box and it says ammonia-free and all-natural, that doesn't mean a thing, to me in terms of allergy to this chemical. So, you know, whether it's all-natural or ammonia, yeah, you can still become allergic to it. So there are other chemicals that you can use in general they are you know they may not cover gray as well or they might be more of a hassle to use or they might be more expensive Uh, but there are other options and um, and that's something where you can talk to your hairdresser and they can really work with you to try to find another solution but this chemical paraphenylene diamine it's found in almost all the hair dyes out there so if you even suspect that you might be allergic to it You have to be really careful and tell me, I don't know if you saw these photos when they come out, when they came out, but there's a famous actress. um, Her name is Polly Perrette, and she was on the TV show NCIS. And one of the things she's known for is her jet black hair. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but I give her a lot of credit. She had a really severe reaction to hair dye and she put all of her, uh, you know, she took selfies when she, she actually ended up being hospitalized because it was so severe. Oh my and, god! Uh, yeah, yeah, she put her selfies up so that people, she really wanted people to know because she had kind of wondered, like she had had symptoms for several months before this really severe reaction. So if you think you might be allergic, you don't necessarily want to just keep doing it over and over again because that reaction tends to get more severe every time you re-expose yourself to the hair dye. So I always say like right from the beginning, if you're, you know, if you're in your 30s or your 40s and you're starting to color your hair, make sure that you've got that you know, really good technique. You don't want any of that hair solution on your skin. And, um, and if you're doing it yourself at home, that might be more difficult for you. So you really have to be extra careful and do that thick layer of Vaseline and just make sure none of that solution hits your skin. Mm. That is so important. Well, at least she won't have to be gray.
1: (laughs) So that's good. Um, But then it got me thinking about like all of these things we do for beauty and that we enjoy so much. And then it got me thinking about nail salons. And and I love to get my mani and pedis. And (laughs) I know there are potentially some risks when I go into a nail salon can you talk about some of the things you've seen and what things people should watch out for when they go to a nail salon?
0: Oh, yes, definitely. And it's interesting to me, Tommy, because growing up, that wasn't you know, for me growing up, that wasn't a thing at all. Like, I don't think I ever knew anybody who got a manicure or a pedicure. But now, <laughs> you know, my daughter, she's in college, like they all get manicures and pedicures. So, uh, so several things to be aware of. And one of the most important is that you really want to make sure that you're going to a salon that is really careful about sterility and good practices. So if if you go to a salon, and you, you know, their trash is overflowing, or they don't seem to be Um, really careful about cleanliness, take that as a red flag, because Mm -hmm. you're working with, um, you know, they're working with tools, they're, um, they're using strong chemicals, you really want to be careful. Um, So for example, you don't ever want to have somebody cut your cuticles. So if you know, sometimes they are actually clipping your cuticles, and that can introduce bacteria, and cuticles are actually necessary to keep your skin safe. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if they're gently pushing back your cuticles, that's okay. But I tell them, you know, I tell my patients, you don't want anybody clipping your cuticles. And if they are going to use any instruments that could potentially draw blood, this is where everything has to be completely sterile. You know, it has to be, um, It's just like medical tools have to be properly sterilized. Anytime you are potentially drawing blood, you have to have that really sterile environment. So that's one thing. And the other thing I would say is you've also just got to be careful about um, the chemicals for artificial nails. Are really strong. And when I say artificial nails, a lot of people think, you know, in their mind, they're picturing those big acrylic nails, you know, the ones <laughs> I'm talking about, right, Toby? <laughs> yes, the
1: claws.
0: <laughs> yes, like, uh-huh. click, click, click. Um, uh-huh. but, but actually, what's really popular nowadays are things like gel nails, or shellac nails, or dip nails. And all of those kind of nails, um, the reason they're popular is because they last longer than just regular nail polish. But they all use a type of chemical called acrylates. So acrylic nails use acrylates, and so do all these other types of nails. And so if you are getting any of these types of nails done, they're using these acrylate chemicals, and these chemicals can cause severe allergic reactions. As long as you have a technician who's very careful with the procedure, who's only using those chemicals on your nails, who's not getting those chemicals on your skin, who's also being really careful that none of those chemicals are getting on the table or the counter Um you should be okay, but you have to be really careful about those things I just said. Those chemicals, and these chemicals could be in the form of a powder, or they could be form of a liquid, or they could be in the form of a gel. And then they're applied to your nails, and then they undergo a hardening process to produce the final product. But when they're in that either powder or liquid stage, that's when they're really dangerous. So. Mm. Those are the two things I'd really be careful about in a nail salon. One is that infection, and two are these chemicals, especially acrylates.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, how would that manifest if you had a nail allergy? Um, I'm, I'm sure it wouldn't be a rash on the actual nail, right? That's correct. Most of the time, you're going to see a rash maybe on the finger around the nail, but the other thing I see is that people often will get rashes on their eyelids or their face or their neck. Mm. Um, so interestingly, because once the nail, once that chemical process is complete, your nail's not going to cause problems. But there is a period of, you know, multiple hours that it's going to take for that process to be completely done. And so Mm -hmm. during that time, those chemicals are still there a little bit. And if you touch your face or you rub your eyelids, you can actually transfer those chemicals. And the skin on the eyelids is much more sensitive than the skin on your fingers. So if you transfer that, you could start to get rashes on your eyelids. So another thing to be really careful about there, you know, that Mm -hmm. yes, Um, you know, you got to be careful about the salon, but then afterwards, you've also got to be careful about yourself. Right. I remember this being a board question many, many moons ago when we took the board test that
1: the number one cause of eyelid uh, rashes were nail polish ingredients, you know, so this is very interesting and a good point that you brought up. Now, do you feel like then nail polish is safer than gel? Or do you think they both carry the same risk?
0: On the situation, they both can be really worrisome. But Mm -hmm. the thing about nail polish is nowadays the nail polishes, the particular chemical in nail polish that used to trigger allergic reactions on the eyelids was a chemical called a formaldehyde derivative. And Mm -hmm. many nail polishes now tend to take out that formaldehyde, so they're not as much of an issue. And a lot of my patients now try to go for three feet, three free or five free nail polishes. So if I have somebody with sensitive skin, I might tell them look for a 5 free nail polish, which means it's free of 5 of the top chemicals that trigger allergic reactions. So that's yeah. an option if you yeah, that's an option if you've got sensitive skin. Those kind of nail polishes don't have formaldehyde in them.
1: Okay, that's good. So you're no gray, na- gray hairs, no nail polish, <laughs> clear nail polish. Good, good. So now we're looking beautiful and we want right. to get relaxed, right? So then we head off towards the spa. And I know I love my massages and I love the wraps and, you know, uh, facials. Um, people are constantly asking me about whether facials, number one, do anything, whether there's any harm in them, um, whether they're helpful uh, so let's enter into the spa arena <laughs> and tell me about what we should watch out for there.
0: Yes. And I'm kind of laughing, Toby, because I'm picturing you going to the spa, like looking for a day of relaxation. And then like the next day you wake up with a rash. Like, <laughs> no, that would not be relaxing. No. Um, So, you know, in spas, um, you know, several things. Uh, One of the ones you mentioned is facials. And that's really its own conversation that we should do on another day because there are a lot of different ingredients that can be used in facials. And what I will say is that if you have sensitive skin, you need to be super careful about getting a facial done. And that's because, you know, the term facial... Can encompass dozens of different ingredients. So, they, you know, there are a number of different ingredients that they could be putting on your face. There are a number of different techniques. They might be sitting; those chemicals might be sitting on your face for a different number of time. So, it's really important to know exactly what you're getting before you go in there. And uh, and if you've got sensitive skin, this is one where you probably should be talking to your dermatologist first. And even if you don't have sensitive skin, I would say be careful in, um, in certain situations. So if it's an exfoliating facial, you know, keep in mind that some of those can really leave you red and raw. And you really want to go to somebody who's very, who's developed a lot of expertise in their technique. So we know that one of the potential side effects with any type of facial is that you could develop skin irritation especially if you're doing a facial that's, um, that's harsh, that's meant to take off the top layer of your skin. You know, that's one where you could develop irritation. And then also you could develop allergic reactions to some of the ingredients in there. So I would say if you have sensitive skin, definitely talk to your dermatologist about it first. And then you also mentioned uh, massages. And, uh, and I have to say in general, massages are going to be fine for you. Although having said that, Again, if you have sensitive skin, I have seen allergic reactions to some of the scented massage oils or some of the, um, you know, there are all these massage oils now that have essential oils in them. And people find that very relaxing. And I think that's fine if, you know, if you want to smell it. But if you have sensitive skin, you're going to be at higher risk for developing an allergic reaction to one of those fragrances. So that's where you really have to be careful. And I actually have patients who whose skin is so sensitive that they bring their own massage oil when they go to the spa um, because they know they're sensitive to fragrances. So they're really careful about that.
1: Oh, that's um, good.
0: You know, they really tout in these massages
1: that, again, they're using essential oils or natural ingredients. And I think one of the things we both talk about and have said in the past is natural is not good if you think about poison ivy or poison oak which is a very right. natural ingredient right They right. don't want to rub that all over our backs you know so oh my gosh right. to say.
0: <laughs> so yes. i think that's a
1: wonderful point that you bring up
0: i always yeah. come back to that point tell me about how there's good all natural and there's bad all natural so i love things like coconut oil Safflower seed oil, grape seed oil, shea butter. I mean, there's some great, fantastic all natural ingredients. But then on the bad side are these highly concentrated, highly processed essential oils. Even though they're 100% natural, you know, you don't want to put them directly on your skin. So yeah, you really have to know exactly what you're talking about when you say all natural.
1: Hmm. I think those are such important points. And, you know, if I can summarize some of the things you said during this podcast, the, the takeaway points that I got were, number one, you don't always know right away if you're allergic because there's sometimes a delayed reaction. So you have to be aware that potentially what you did several days prior could be affecting you now. So kind of keep that in mind. Number two, natural is not always good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, number three, that, uh, there are alternatives. So it sounds like, you know, when, when we talk about these allergic reactions, I think, oh my goodness, no, I can't take away my, you know, hair coloring and my nails and my massage. What would I do? But you're saying that, um, with caution, there are many other alternatives to have that relaxing day and that wonderful, beautiful day. And still enjoy yourself, but do it safely. So I love that you kind of point out, be aware, be cognizant, but there are alternatives. So that sounds really wonderful. Is there any
0: last kind of hints or pearls you have for us? I th- that was a fantastic summary, Tommy. Thank you for <laughs> wrapping it up so well. Um, I would just say that if you're if you're going to a salon or if you're going to a spa, you know, approach it the way you would anything else. You really have to be very careful and you're looking for those basics. Are they, you know, really focused on good, careful procedures? That's really um, something that's so important.
1: Mm-hmm. And, you
0: know, I, I think that's true.
1: When I've gone to good places, they have asked me. Do you have rosacea? Do you have an allergic reaction to scents or fragrances? So there are definitely different places with different levels of uh, understanding and knowledge of the technician. So um, I'm glad that you brought that up. This is a great topic, Regine, and I want to keep going, but I know we're <laughs> going to have to stop at some point. So I do hope we'll explore the facial um, episode a little bit more in the future so that we can kind of delve into some of the the nitty-gritty of what happens in a facial and the pros and cons. Okay, so to our listeners, we thank you so much for joining us today. And if you'd like to learn more about all of these things, we do have some information and that's on the website dermpodcast.com. Podcast, D-E-R-M We thank you so much for joining us today, and we hope you have a wonderful week. I'm Dr. Tomi Lee-Wall here with Dr. Reggie Kata on the DERM podcast.